Next time I'll try knitting. A recovering alcoholic's opinion about life, sobriety and stuff. Lights down, bums on seats, silence please, on with the show. Welcome to the seventh episode of a series exploring what the ChatGPT neural network has to say about sobriety. The 12 steps and other methods of getting sober. A neural network is just a fancy way of saying I'm using a search engine that talks back. This is the second episode about step one of the 12 steps which states we're powerless over alcohol and our lives have become unmanageable. Now we've done the big bit of step one, the powerless and unmanageable bit, but there's a largely hidden component of step one which is worth taking a diversion into. And that is being prepared to ask for help. Yeah. Have you noticed something strange about us alcoholics and addicts? We get kind of weird about asking for help, to the point of either not asking for help at all, or expecting someone to help us by telepathically knowing what's wrong. Sound familiar? Yeah, about that. Time for a question. So I asked ChatGPT why alcoholics and addicts find it so hard to ask for help. The response surprised me. I got an answer as long as this podcast's going to take, so I had to cut the answer down to just the headings, and here they are. The reasons why we don't ask for help could include denial, fear, shame, stigma, lack of awareness, fear of the impact of withdrawal symptoms, belief in self-reliance, co-occurring mental health issues, and finally, lack of access to healthcare. So just thinking about the headings I got back, let alone the expanded answers, it looks like we, as addicts at large, really do weigh the odds against us. And it's why classic 12-step programs really do emphasise step one heavily, in that people need to recognise that recovery from addiction is not something that can be done alone. So is that it for step one then? Not quite. You see, step one is important enough that it's built into the culture and very structure of classic 12-step programmes, and it's consistently reinforced in 12-step meetings. And it's reasonable to ask why. Is this where 12-step programmes all suddenly become cults? Not really. Think about it like this. I only listed the headings, not the detail, of why addicts and alcoholics find it hard to ask for help. So there has to be a significant counterweight to these forces. Otherwise, no one would ask for help because, well, denial, fear, shame, stigma, and so on. None of these things are true, by the way. There is simply no shame in being an alcoholic or an addict. It's just a thing. In the same manner as I might wear blue socks and you don't, it's no big deal to me now, being an alcoholic but it was a huge thing before I got sober. To be clear, being an alcoholic, not wearing blue socks. I wear blue socks all the time. Huh, do you wear blue socks? Should I even be thinking about blue socks? Moving on. And so we have to cut it down to size, otherwise I and countless others would never have asked for help, even if we believed in step one's meaning. So here's a question for you. Who would you rather ask for help? A forbidding doctor who might judge you? Or... An alcoholic who's clean and sober and appears to be doing okay and is pretty friendly. The reality is neither the doctor nor the recovered alcoholic judge people. One is not more friendly than the other, but judgment is something I might ascribe to one group, but not the other. And we do that because the words alcoholic and addict take on lives of their own in our heads after a while, and we've got to cut them down to size before we move on. So in the next episode, I'm going to get into how the 12-step fellowships take the power and sting out of those words, and instead turn them into a call to action. But until then, keep living one sober day at a time. Next time I'll try knitting by JJ Chance. 
Another episode will appear soon, like a bus, and mow you down when you're not looking. Bye.